On this episode of Demand Excellence, I am talking with Coach Derek White. Coach White, he is the head coach at Presbyterian Church Academy in Mississippi. And the reason why I wanted to talk with Derek, he and I are good friends. I have tremendous amount of respect for him as a head football coach. I've learned a lot from him. He's high energy. He loves his players. He works his tail off. I was at a conference a few weeks ago, and I was speaking, and, and somebody kind of interrupted, and it's like, Coach, you, you've won state championships but basically you don't understand what we're going through. Our players are transferring out. We're trying to build our program. How do we do it? And I thought no better person to talk to than Derek White and Kenny Dallas. And, and I have an interview with Kenny coming in the future, but Derek White was at Christ Church in South Carolina, went there when he was 23 years old. He was the defensive coordinator. If you know anything about Christ Church in South Carolina for a time, they were the football team in the state of South Carolina, or one of them, and their classification. Then he left there after winning four state championships in a row as the defense coordinator, goes to Ben Lippin High School, where they were one and nine before he got there, and he he turned the program around into his third year they won the state championship. And then now he is at Presbyterian Church Academy in Mississippi and he's having to do the same thing. So for you guys out there who are trying to build your program into a state championship contender, there's probably nobody better to listen to than Derek White. So he's on the show today. Great interview. Probably one of the best interviews uh, or people I've, you know, it's always a good interview if the person you're interviewing is good. Derek's probably one of the best I've had. So I hope you guys enjoy it. I know that I did. I always love talking with Derek. It's always encouraging, and I always learn something. He's a big-time coach, and he's going to do big-time things. Enjoy it. And the thing that I notice about you is you don't sit around and gripe and complain about what you don't have. You're constantly working. Like, you're going to paintball today with the kids. You, you did that big long week and a half trip to the east coast of, of visiting schools talk a little bit about your experience going from christ church and then going to ben lippin in south carolina where you had to flip the program you had to turn it into a winner and not only did you turn it into a winner you turned it into a state champion so how did you do that well, uh, number one, man, God's good all the time. And, you know, we all receive blessings in different forms. And it was pretty amazing, some of the blessings I've received. But, man, we got to Christ Church. Um, Christ Church was a historical, not a very good program. And uh, I went the first year. Uh, it, the program had changed a little bit. They went from a single wing kind of football team, wing T, um, to being a uh, spread offense. This is in, you know, 2008. Uh, we ended up winning seven games, seven and five, making a playoffs, and got beat the first round. The next year, we got beat the first round, and then we kind of we got our weight program going and our culture change and the coaching change, and we got the program going after year one. And you know, we made it to the second round, we made it to the third round, and then we just we peaked. Where our kids bought in, we had a good group. You know, I really um, that that first. The, the freshman that year that we won our first state championship never lost a game. They lost their second game of their varsity career and never lost a game since. You know, we won four in a row. Uh, but I saw a culture change. I saw, you know, the weight room program. I saw every day, even though that we're at a school that was a private school, I saw a blue-collar 
uh, mentality that every day, uh, you know, we're going to work. But I saw every, I saw something that's different. You see it probably with your program is uh, every time we stepped on the field, uh, we, we thought and we knew we were going to win. And uh, it wasn't a cockiness. It was just that we knew that we outworked everybody. We were better than them and we were going to show you tonight what we were going to do. So uh, that was, that was huge for us. That took a lot of, you know, cultivate that culture and build that culture all in the weight room and at practice and spending time with kids. And, you know, I learned a lot from Coach Frost. Uh, he just retired this year. Uh, he had a uh, um, medical condition. So I learned a lot from him. I was on a staff that first year when I got into high school coaching that had five head coaches on a one football staff. So that's pretty amazing as a young coach coming in, being 23 years old, to have five guys that have been head coaches. And I've tried to be really involved and soak up information. So, uh, I kind of decided I wanted to be a head coach. Uh, I, I didn't want to wait on that job. Uh, to be honest with you, I wanted to venture out. Uh, coach Sweeney was very instrumental in me uh, stepping out of my box and taking the Ben Lifford job. He talked me into it a little bit and told me that, you know, you just got to take that one and turn it into what you want it to be. It's, you know, it's it's just that chance and that opportunity that to seize the moment. And, uh, so I took the Ben Lifford job. Uh, ben Lifford went one and nine the year before I got there. Uh, they had never won a state championship. Uh, historically have been uh, the bottom feeder in that league. Uh, they had one good run in the uh, mid-90s when I had Sam Gatto, who went to Liberty. You've heard him play in the NFL for a little while. But um, that first year, man, I came in and I just saw some hey, kids. Dear. and I Yeah, hold on one second. Yep. I want the listener to understand something. You went from a team that had won four straight state championships. You, you were the defensive coordinator or something like that there. And yeah. went to a team that had just gone one and nine. They were the bottom. And so I, I want, you know, we always like to interview coaches that, that, that win at the highest level, but they're, most coaches are coaches in your situation. You know, they're trying to turn around that one and nine program. So I want everybody to clearly understand you went from a team that had won four state championships. The culture had already been set. It was set in stone. And now you're going to a one and nine program trying to create a culture. So so continue. What's amazing about that guess and it's you know, it's a God thing is um man, it was it was May. It was late May. We're about to get out of school and uh, you know, my head coach was getting at age and he'll tell you and you know, I I was already named the head coach in waiting, I was assistant head coach, defensive coordinator, we've won four in a row broke the state record for most wins in a row. When I tell you that the team coming back was our best team and probably my best defensive team coming back, it was really, really hard to venture out. But, um, you know, I took a leap of faith and uh, I took that job on uh, June 30th. And you know how late in the game June 30th is. And I took that job and uh, it was one and nine. I stepped out. Coach Schwinney really talked me into it, though. Like I said, he, he told me, he said, you can – you can make it what you want to make it. If you believe that you got support and you see a couple of things, your administration is going to, you know, support you and you feel like that that's something you can do and you're afraid about it, then you need to take the risk. He said, you can always go back to being a defense coordinator, but you got to take a risk. And, and he told me something that was uh, pretty interesting. You've heard him say it. He said, it's always fun to build it. Uh, he says, it's always a lot funner and a lot easier to build it. Staying on top is the hardest thing. And, you know, I saw that at Christchurch. And you see it at your place. You've won a lot. Man, every day when you're when you're winning state championships, I don't care what anybody says. To keep that fire and that dog and that edge, you got to bring something different every year, every day. When you're when you're building it, you got to give them the buy-in. Once you get them buying in, then you can start to that. But um, we were one and nine. Uh, when I got there, man, I saw some good. I saw some talent, um, but I saw some kids that were just uh, beat up and heartbroken. Man, uh, they they were willing to 
we flipped it that year, I guess, and went nine and four and went to the semifinals and played Hammond, who was, you know, the Mecca in that private school league there. Um, we, uh, we weren't as good as they were, but we were nine and four. We did the best thing we could do. I stepped inside my comfort zone. I hired first two things I did was I hired two coaches that had been head coaches in the public school system who, you know, cared about private school education. And, uh, they came to work for me and, uh, we had a blast and we wanted to make it fun. And, you know, we went nine and four, made the semifinals, had some good kids. But the next year, man, the growing pain hit us. Uh, we went, uh, five and six and, uh, you know, we, we played a bunch of young guys. We weren't very good. You know, people kind of questioned. You took a step back from year one. We caught lightning in a bottle year one. We had some good players. And, uh, you know, they were willing to do anything. But I saw a little bit of entitlement set in with our second year there. Some kids thought that we would just show up and go 9-4 and four again or compete for the state championship. And uh, that that's on me as a head coach. But uh, our culture was not where we needed it to be. So, uh, yeah, that was a tough year. We made the playoffs. We got beat the first round. And uh, that offseason, uh, we did have some additions coming to our football program, but I saw us in our weight program year three takeoff. Uh, we went from being a team that had about two people benching 225 to about, and I just use that number, 225 is a magic number, uh, to about 20. Uh, I saw that number, you know, squatting 400. I saw that number go from about three to about 20. I saw us get stronger. I saw the four, seven guys, four, eight guys becoming four, five guys, four, six guys. I saw all the numbers create. So we knew. We knew we had two special kids, too, and we knew we were going to be first special that year. But we hadn't proven it. And um, we won a state championship that year. Uh, we lost two games in the middle of the year. And, uh, you know, it was, the, it was the best blessing that ever happened to us. And I know you would say losing. Uh, our best player got hurt. We had some injuries. And, uh, you know, we had to figure out – everybody found out what their role was and their purpose was in our program. So uh, we got them back. We were not great up front. Um, and we were a spread football team. So we made the adjustment. We had a hurricane that year. And we made the adjustment to um, to go under center and practice the eye. And uh, a wing formation under center and hand the ball to our two really good running backs and control the football game. We moved our linebackers over to uh, some, play some offensive line. Uh, we prepared because we knew we were going to make the playoffs. And we had a three-week break basically because of a hurricane. So we practiced that every day. We played the first round of the playoff game not showing any of that, Jonathan. We just were in the spread. And uh, we knew that we could probably take care of that game. And if we had to use our, our under center attack, we would. So going into the second round in the semifinals in the state championship, uh, we lined up against Hammond, who is, like I told you earlier, was our best team. We had beaten them earlier in the year, um, which was their, their – we ended a 38-game winning streak for them that year. And uh, this was a game that we uh, – semifinals, we ended up beating them. Uh, tied up 14-14 at halftime. And, um, you know, we, we, we kept telling our kids that we were stronger, tougher, lining up, smashing the football. And in the second half, we took over the football game. And we won 48-14 to and uh, kind of changed uh, people's view of us, changed what people were thinking of us and just came out and got after it. And, uh, you know, we ended up winning the state championship and changing our kids. You know, uh, we had a very good quarterback that year. And uh, what our program, what I'm most proud about that year was he was a Division One guy. He's playing at Clemson right now. He walked on at Clemson because he wanted to be a part of their culture, gave up a scholarship somewhere else. But uh, he only threw the ball two games, two times in the uh, state championship and only threw it three times in that Hammond game and played a little defense for us. But he, you never heard him gripe. You never heard him complain. All he wanted to do was say, Coach, I want to win the state championship. And he knew what we had to do. And that's, that's you know how big that is, buying into the culture when you have a kid do something like that. And that was huge for us. Uh, year four. Uh, we had our best team we had there, and um, 
you know, we stumbled in the semifinals to a team that we didn't play our best that night, and it's on me. Uh, we weren't prepared. We were looking ahead to the state championship, and we, we gave one away. But we had a great culture, and we had a great team, and then I, I took this job here Hold on. at uh, Presbyterian. Hey, before you start talking about the, the Presbyterian job, um, I want to ask you a few questions about, you know, Ben Lippin. Because, like, you go there and it's one and nine and you instantly flip it to nine and four. I think the questions have to be how. And I know you're a big relationalist. I mean, you're, you're a big relationship guy. You love your players. You like to be with them. Talk a little bit about that because, I mean, you're talking about – you're talking to coaches out there who are trying to flip a program. Talk about having relationships with players, having relationships with parents. You have to talk to parents on the phone. You can't just say don't oh, – yeah mom and dad like I'm the coach I'm the boss I mean talk a little bit about that the psychology of flipping a program well I have a guy who's been very instrumental in my life his name is uh, Rodney Hinton he's a great man he's not a football coach he's uh, played football he's helped us he I used to joke around he was my DFO he was at Christchurch with me and he's you know my mentor he's like a dad to me and a family member my kids love him and his, his family I coached his son and uh, I watched his son go from an average player to not, not even an average player, not a very good player, to playing at the highest level of an all-star game in the state of South Carolina. And um, what it was, we joked about it. It's just, he, you know, he said, this is what I saw my son, and this is how I saw it, this is how I approach it. His son, he, he said his son, I got the most out of his son because we spent time together. And in a, in a, in a kid's eyes, uh, time equals love. And uh, the more time you spend with them, the more they trust you, the more they love you, the more they'll play for you. And I've always had a simple – simple rule we go by is uh, we're going to have fun. We're going to outwork everybody. And uh, we ask them every day what their job is, and that's to love each other. When the, when the kids know that, you know, you love them as much as your own child and, you know, they love each other's brothers, that's, that goes a long way. Now, the parent situation, we all know that, look, man, parents love their kids. And this is – I learned this from a very veteran coach. Um, you know this. Every, I, man, I think my son may be the next uh, whatever sometimes. You know what I mean? But he's my son. And I tell parents, I said, at the end of the day, you love your son, and you're looking at your son through glasses of a parent. That's what that is. But at the end of the day, I got to look at them in glasses of a, of a coach. I love them just like you do. All right? There's a little bit of difference there. You love them because they're, they're your child. I love them because they're a part of my family. It's different. We both love them, but I got to love 56 when you may only have to love one or two or three of them at the time. I got to do the best thing for 56. But I think when you're completely transparent and honest with parents – you know, at the end of the day, they, they believe you, they trust you, and they're going to buy it. Are you going to fail sometimes in that area? Absolutely you're going to fail in that area. You're always going to have – I mean, you're not going to succeed in everything. You're going to have a parent that thinks, you know, if you tell them that wall is white and that wall is white, he's going to tell you it's black. No matter what it is or what it – I mean, it's just they're not going to buy it and get in. But, I mean, I think that the only way to help that culture, help, you know, your parents get on board, help them believe is them to see – how much you love their kids, how much you care, and to be completely honest and transparent with them. So, so Derek, you know, you, you go one and nine, then you go nine and four, and then two years later you win the state championship. Um, and, and, you know, really when you do that, everybody just assumes, man, you didn't work really hard. You didn't bust your tail. You cheated. Talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, like I told you earlier, we had some kids move in there. All right? And I know you fight this battle all the time. And, you know, kids, listen – the day of kids not just picking up and moving, I don't know what people say this recruiting and all that. Kids are going to go where they're going to go. Parents want the best for their kids. Heck, me and you want the best for our kids. 
that's the ride we're going to – hey, look, you send them to Chick-fil-A and also in the Hardee's or somewhere. I mean, you, you're going to do the best thing for your kid and pick the best situation you can for a kid, and parents have the opportunity to do that these days. And uh, we had some kids move in, but, man, we, we, didn't, we worked every day, five days a week. We spent time on the weekends with our kids. I was there later than anybody. I mean, our kids worked their tails off. I mean, uh, it was, everything we get, as we tell our kids, earned. Uh, I can't help that we do such a great job at those places. The kids want to be a part of that. And, and you know, they say that you probably hear this, guest, and all the coaches hear this all over. You recruit players. Well, listen, here's the, here's the bottom line on that. If you do a great job and you run your program extremely well, people want to be a part of what you're doing. Okay, your your players will recruit other players themselves. But if you're doing things the right way, your culture's right, you're taking care of business, you're loving on kids, you're providing opportunities, you're winning, people want to be a part of it. And I'm sorry that our program recruits itself and you know that that's that's what happens. Any great place is gonna do that. Just I mean it's 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 a fact. But man, everything we've gotten is earned. We've worked our tails off. Our kids have just busted their tails and it it, it hard work paid off. Yeah, you know, I, I think about you, um, and, and I think about where coaches' minds have to go is, especially in private schools, is we're a business. We're a product. I mean, we're not a product. We're a service industry, and we're a business. And parents are going to go where they feel like the best product is, to, is being presented. And so each and every day, I go to work. And I try to create an environment like you of love and hard work where you cannot find anywhere around within an hour. So you have to bring your kids to my school. I'm not recruiting anybody, but I want my school and what we do at my school to recruit itself. And you mentioned Chick-fil-A and I I like to use Chick-fil-A as well. Bottom line is, no manager of Chick-fil-A ever calls me and asks to come to, hey, man, we come eat at my Chick-fil-A today? I go to Chick-fil-A because I know it's clean. I know the food is good. I know the service is going to be great. That's why I go to Chick-fil-A every single time. And I know every time I go to Wendy's or Burger King or somewhere else, it's going to be the opposite of that. So I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A every single time. And I think you and me, we're, we're very much we are trying to create that environment and that product. It's not that we're recruiting kids. It's like you said, you want your players and your parents to rave over what you're doing. Yes, exactly. But but I'll even take it a step further, Johnson. You know this. In the public school, that has changed. In South Carolina, where I came from, and then in, I see it in Mississippi, and you, you know this in Georgia, they can pick up and move and listen. And people say that that is just a private school mold that, you know, people have money and move. Uh, a lot of people can move from apartment to apartment also. Well, if I people want to go somewhere, they will find a way. Well, you know, it's just, a, you know, there's two types of people in the world, man. There's those who get up and go to work and there's those that sit around and gripe and complain. You know, we can sit around and gripe and complain about kids can move whenever they want, or we can just get up and go to work and make our school, our football program so good that nobody wants to go to another school. And it's like you said, I mean, it is what it is. Whether you're a public school coach or you're a private school coach, your kids can move. And if you're not giving them Amen. where they want to stay, they will move, just like you and I would move our children. Um, hey, I, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, all right, so let's talk about this, Derek. So you leave Ben Lippin and you go out to Mississippi. And I know, this is what I know, this is why I'm getting the interview first. I'm getting the interview before you win, you know. And um, 
because you went out there last year and you're completely resurrecting the program. And I see what you're doing. You know, I follow you on Twitter a little bit, and you and I talked about the, the trip that you just took with, with the boys to all the different schools. I see what you're doing. Everything you just talked about, having fun, outworking everybody and loving each other. I see that culture recording on Twitter. I see you getting in a bus and, and trying to, you know, take these kids all, all across the country uh, to colleges and making it cost effective. You made it real cheap for them. Um, and you had to work your tail off for that. You're taking them to play paintball today. I see what you're doing and you're creating a great culture creating an environment where parents who don't necessarily go to your school right now, they don't want to bring their kids there. Talk about that and how what's happened over the past year to, as you guys head into year two. Um, so I took a, uh, a school that um, has not, not that old, John, just about 14 years, 11-year-old football program. They had some success two years ago and the year before. They actually went to the semifinals. They had a great player who is now the uh, all-time leading rusher in the state of Mississippi. He plays at Ole Miss. He's an unbelievable kid. But when I took over this program, um, I saw we were at the bottom, man. Uh, we had uh, just – it was a complacent culture. So a lot was – I knew it had to be resurrected. Uh, but I, I had faith in our administration. I had a great football staff. I believed in the kids that we had that stayed, that they would work their tails off of me. I'll just I'll give you an example. We talk about me gaining kids. Uh, we lost between injuries, trans, you know, moving off for jobs and just straight transferring. We lost 30, 31 kids. One of my coaches just looked at me, 31 kids. So the year one, man, uh, the hardest year I've ever had, uh, we had to move every one of our ninth graders up. And uh, we started them both. And uh, that, 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 that's hard to say. We started 13 ninth graders on a varsity football team. If you talk to some of, some of your enemies in South Carolina, they, they say you, you were just going to go in there and recruit a bunch of kids. <laughs> yeah. So we lost uh, we lost 13 – I mean, we had to play 13 true freshmen. We lost 31 kids, injuries, you know, that, that they didn't want to play football no more, shoulder, concussion, knee. I'm moving freak accident. My dad's in the military or he's a doctor. We're moving to – I'm moving to the public high school 5A down the road because – I'm not going to get recruited. I'm not going to, you know, I'm better than this, blah, blah, blah. So 31 kids. Uh, we start the young kids. Uh, our JV really suffers. We suffer. Uh, we, we get beat up. We, we start off the year where we're deer in headlights. And we, we talked about this the other day. We had seven games where we turned over the first offensive play of the game. So we, we I had a lot of, uh, I made a lot of friends. When you're on the bottom, you find out everybody wants to be your friend. So uh, y'all coaches remember that. When you get on top, nobody wants to be your friend. When you're on the bottom, everybody wants to be your friend. <laughs> so, um, so we, we got better as the year got on. You watched those ninth and tenth graders. Uh, we only had one senior that basically played. We got better every week. We made the playoffs. I know that's hard to say. Uh, we made the playoffs, but our our, our last three games, we won two of them and competed our butt off in the uh, first round of the playoffs and got beat. And our league is very, very good. But uh, we worked out. Now, something's different here, Jonathan. We, we started our culture here. We worked out five days a week, every week, no matter what. And we only had one kid get hurt the whole year. That's awesome. And I'm starting 13 to 14 year olds, you know, on a varsity football team. Like I had 30, 32 kids, and we're playing Jackson Prep and JA and MRA who dress 100. So I'm telling you that, like, say people say, how did it? 
the weight room. If you don't believe in the weight room, taking care of your kids, getting them better. I mean, we had one injury. It was an ACL injury for the whole year. And it was because that weight room. We worked out five days a week. That's awesome. So uh, off season, um, you know, we, we, we knew we were putting in work right then. Uh, we got better in the off season. Uh, we worked our tails off. We worked every day. We ran. We conditioned. Our track program's huge here. My strength coach also does our track program. We got about 109 kids on our track program, so we're getting faster every day. We're running and we're lifting weights. Let me let me say that. And we're lifting weights. Uh, we got some baseball players to buy into our football program. We started working out our baseball team and our football team together um, so that we could uh, get those baseball players in our program. We've also hired the baseball coach to coach football. Uh, Ashton too, he's a football guy. He's coached before, but he's a baseball guy first just to have him, you know, in our culture preaching multi-sports athletes. So uh, we've had a couple kids move in in this offseason, and, uh, but we've had uh, our kids get better. I mean, uh, just like I told you earlier about that 225, we had about two or three kids. Now we got about 14, 15. Uh, it's, uh, we've got a bunch of kids that can run. We've got a bunch of kids that can work. Uh, we took them on college tours and, you know, since we've done the college tours and stuff, my phone's ringing and people want to come and, and what am I going to say? We're in the business of, uh, enrollment, how we make a living. And, uh, if you want to come and come to our school and it costs, it, it, it's, it's not private school. Uh, it's, uh, it's public school. We're just like Walmart. If you, you can't go to Walmart and get a free bag of groceries, uh, you can't come to PCS and just get something free. You got to pay for it. We're going to get a great education. You're going to get a, uh, great athletic experience. You're going to get a great spiritual environment, but it's going to cost you a little something. But at the end of the day, uh, it's just like you can go to government school. It's free. They'll tell you what bathrooms to go to now and all that stuff. And I'm not saying every school is bad, but I mean, I know what you're going to get at our place. You're going to get, you're going to get a great education again. You're going to get great academics and you're going to get from our football program and our classroom. You're going to get a biblical worldview. You're going to get some Jesus. And, uh, we got to do a lot more of that. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proud to say that I, I coach at a place that I can, I can tell, share my faith and tell them who Jesus is every day. That's a blessing for me, and I wouldn't want it no other way. But uh, we're going to get better, man. Uh, we got a tough schedule. You know that. I've told you that. We play against the best. We got about uh, – I think we're going to have about 40 kids on our varsity football roster. Well, we're going to have 40 football players who have worked their tails off. I mean, um, Jonathan, you know this. We run. We got a running program we're doing every week. And, you know, uh, we ran – yesterday we did community service. That's a big thing for us too now, man. We're uh, – uh, you hear people say entitlement all the time. We we go serve our community. Yesterday we served our school and we cleaned up trash and just helped tidy up our school. The week before, on a Friday, we went down to Christian Ministries and uh, you know we we did food boxes and uh, the kids got to see that you know some people were getting uh, pasta noodles, candy, and you know a thing of condensed milk. That's what they're living off of for three days. And we packed meals up and stuff. I want our I want our kids to see everything and be be. Uh, be realize that they're being a blessing to somebody they're serving others you know the biggest blessing we can do is uh you know we can we can serve everybody can serve others and you'd be special but uh our motto here you know at ben lift and our motto was brick by brick you know we wanted to be uh i mean i like i like letters and numbers and stuff like that so brick by brick was uh at ben lifting it was best relentless integrity commitment and keen love you know just that that love to love each other this sharp piercing iron sharpers iron and we had the X for the, you know, times brick by brick. The X meant, all right, the players are going to do this times the coaches. It ain't just going to be a player thing. It's going to be our players and our coaches. That was brick by brick, you know, and it was it was good. When I got here, I wanted something catchy and that I believed in and I could 
if I could drive home every day, just like you do. I know you're, uh, you have your stuff. Um, we, it's cat built, man. We're cat built. And that stands for uh, character, attitude, and toughness. We're going to do those three things. We got to be those three things when people see us as individuals. Uh, we got to have great character on and off the field, everywhere we go. We got to have a, a great attitude. You can always control your attitude. Everything you do in a classroom, everything. We got to have a great attitude. And we got to be tough, man. Uh, we got to be our, our our world, our our culture. We we need tough people, man. We need tough people, and that's what we're going to be. And then the built uh, stands for be uncommon in the little things, and uh, that's everything we do. We want to be uncommon, just like Jesus was. We want people to see that we'll wash feet. Uh, we'll say yes or no, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Hold doors, please. Thank you. And man, we want people to see there's just something different in us. And when people give us an opportunity to share the gospel. When they say, what's different about you? Well, the difference is we got a little bit of Jesus in us, man. Uh, you know, we, we need a whole lot more, and we can't ever get what we got, but we're saved by grace. And Man, we that's what's different about us. If we're going to be different, we're going to show the world who he is through through our uh, football team. So, you know, we bought into that. Our kids have uh, really took it upon them. But, man, we're busting our butt. And I'm excited to see what we're going to do this year. You know, uh, Derek, as I talk to you, man, you know, Every coach out there, you know, I'm not a coach that loves to talk about X's and O's. I love X's and O's, and I love what I do, but, you know, it gets old talking about it because that's just the grind, man. You got to go to practice every day and perfect that. I like talking about program and culture and like that. And, like, when I talk to you, man, you're very – any good coach like Davos like this, Nick Saban's like this, they're detailed in their culture. Like, cat built, it's just, it's just not – you're just not saying cat built. I mean, the person who reads your Twitter, they think you're just saying cat built, but it means something. You're brick by brick and then living the X meant something. And, and I think that's one thing that coaches have to understand, and that's that's culture, and that's how kids love them. It's like every little detail of our program, even to what's coming out of my mouth, when we say cat built at Elka, we say faster, it all means something. And, um, yeah. And I just want the coach out there to understand this is how you build a program. Because, Derek, here's the question that was asked to me. The guy was like, I mean, they're kind of griping and complaining a little bit. Like, Coach, you don't understand our problems. You know, we had three three players out this year. Well, you know, I'm like, man, everybody has that problem. Everybody has players transfer in and transfer out. The pro- what you got to figure out is, is how can I create a product so good that more are transferring in than transferring out? Okay. You go to a school and instantly 31 kids that were on the team aren't on the team. I mean, now you take a, 31, a roster of 31 and now you're at 40 and you're going to keep building the program. Um, you know, finally, I guess would be my last question. And I know you're going to win. I know you're going to be successful. I think you're one of the uh, best head coaches out there um, just by knowing you and talking with you and all that kind of stuff. But what, what's your vision for your program over the next Well, Well, we, we uh, back to what we were talking about. Here's my vision. We, are, we have a lot of ninth graders who are going to be 10th graders. And we have a lot of 10th graders uh, last year who are juniors. Uh, I feel like that we can be very good. Uh, I want to get better and better. But here's here's what I want it to be every year, and this is my vision. I want to be the best school. And I'm going to say this. I want to be the best public school. You know, I told you different in government public. I want to be the best public school in the Southeast. Not, not, not our league, not Mississippi. 
I want to be the best. I want people in Georgia, South Carolina, you know, Tennessee, Alabama. I want people to say, well, dang, them cats can play. Them cats will play. Them cats will play. You and I know there's schools like you're you're there right now. Uh, I want to play a couple out of state games. I, I don't want to be. I want to play anybody that wants to play anytime we can, anywhere, and be at the highest level with the kids that we got. You know what I mean? Um, that's where I want to be, and I want our kids to go to college. I want to be able to provide opportunity. You know, I tell people the biggest thing that I feel like that that sets good football coaches apart, and you want to build a great program. Here, here's here's the thing that I've I've come to l- learn in my short career, and I'm not now. Listen, I don't have this thing figured out at all, man. I, I scratched my head all year last year, but I just beat the pavement and went to work every day. Um, your job as a high school coach should be you you need to be a, a goal and a dream seeker. Whatever your kid's goals are on your team, if I got a kid that just wants to be on the team, if I got a kid that just wants to play, if I got a kid that wants to be all state, if I got a kid that wants to go to college, if I got a kid that wants to be, go to the NFL, guess what? My job is to give that kid every opportunity I can, you know, that being cultivating, providing opportunities, working him, staying on him, spending time with him to accomplish his dream. Because every kid on your team, every kid in that school has got a dream. They got a goal. Your job with the coach is to try to get them there. All right. When you can get 52 of them or 40 of them together and you get their dreams together, you got one team goal. But you got individual goals. You want to meet that team goal, but also cater to that kid. And it's not entitlement or you're catering to the special ones. Every kid. I mean, we had a kid last year that just wanted to play, Johnson. He just wanted to play the game. Well, guess what? My job is to find a way to get them playing the game. It goes back to what I told you. I ask them every day what their job is. Our kids knew that. We weren't very good last year. Our job was to get a lead, to get him in the game, to get him a play. And you should have saw when he got the game how excited our kids were. That's what it's about is accomplishing kids' dreams and goals and accomplishing one team goal at the same time. And that's what's really helped us. One more thing, Johnson, and, and here's something I had to learn, okay? And, and, it's, and you know how hard this is. Look, I love ball. I love ball, okay? And the ball is – I'm going to be honest with everybody. There, there is no gurus anymore. Uh-uh. People listen to me going to think I'm crazy. There no. is no gurus anymore. Whatever whatever you're doing, somebody else is doing. Everybody's doing it. And, uh, you know, X and O's will catch up with you. If you want to make a true difference, be good at that. Be great at it. Work on your craft. But but know your kids. Know what's going on at home. Know, know what makes them tick. Know when they're struggling. And that goes back to spending time. You don't know if mom and dad are having problems at home or girlfriend problems or if he's got a, you know, a insecurity a problem. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta be a psychologist, man. That better be the number one thing you check out in your book that I know my kid. Don't be the coach that comes up and you say, and, and something happens. You're like, I didn't even know that. Make sure you're intentional in the time that you have with your kids. Ask questions. This simple was walking down the hall. You know, I know all the things we got to do, paint fields, cut grass and all that. Walk down the hall, put your arm around and say, hey, man, how you doing today? You know what I mean? Know what's going on. Be be present. Be in that cafeteria. Uh, make sure them kids know, man, coach cares about me. And at the end of the day, you want your players coming to you telling you what's wrong. If you want to know how good of a coach you are, when, when these guys grow up, they go to college and they become husbands, wives. That's how you'll know how good you are. But also, when your players graduate, how much contact do you have with them? If you don't have any contact with them, that means, I hate to say this, that you, you probably didn't do a whole lot with them. If they don't contact you and you don't text them and y'all don't still have a relationship, you, you pro- as busy as we are, you probably need to make a bigger impact in their lives so that they, they believe in you because that's what we need to do. We need, to, we need more men to pour into these boys to make better men. 
no, and you know, no, you know, Derek's uh, I'm sitting there thinking while you were talking, there's a lot of coaches like, man, I don't want to deal with parents. I don't want parents to come around. I don't want, blah, blah, blah. I'm sitting here, I'm trying to help parents, assist parents in raising up their, their child in the fear of God, to be men who will be faithful husbands, loving fathers. How in the world can I not include parents in the process? Because at the end of the day, if that kid's going to thrive, the parents being involved is the number one factor in that kid thriving. And, you know, Amen. we can't close our program to parents. We need to invest in parents. We need to encourage parents, love parents. We're assisting them. We can't shut them off. 100%, man. I mean, we, we need to be an extension uh, of the parents. And, uh, you know, the parents need to be an extension of us. If we're all, if the parents and us are on the same page, then the same things at home. And uh, we're saying the same things on the field, man. It's just an extra. It's like having a coach at home and having a parent on the field. I mean, we, we, they both know that we love them, the kid does, and we're trying to drive the same message home and get to the same goals and dreams. Absolutely, man. Well, shoot, man. Hey, I appreciate you talking with me. And, and like I said, man, I think you're one of the best uh, high school football coaches out there. And I uh, love talking with you and listening to what you have to say. I think it's going to be really beneficial uh, to people. Uh, I know you're going to win there in Mississippi. And, um, you know, so I'm excited to see uh, what the future holds for you. And if you don't mind, I'm going to pray as we, as we finish up. I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much and that kind words. And uh, you crazy, though, man. I ain't the best. I'm just a, I'm just a blessed guy that's lucky to have been in some good situations. <laughs> I said one of the best. <laughs> I'll bet them with you. All right, let's pray. Lord, we come before you today. I just want to praise and thank you for loving us. Praise and thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins. Lord, I praise and thank you for Derek White, Lord, and, and what you're doing in his life and how you're using him to impact young men at the schools that he goes to. I pray for him there at Mississippi, Lord, and, um, that you would continue to do well and pour into these boys for Jesus Christ. Lord, uh, most importantly, I pray that uh, for his family, uh, his his wife and his children, Lord, that, that Derek would put uh, always put them first, and that he, Lord, that as he puts them first, he would be modeling exactly what a man is supposed to look like in front of those boys and in the community of Mississippi, Lord. And uh, Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Derek. Amen. Appreciate you, boy. Be good. Yes, sir. You too. I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence, and I could just stay, I could just stay right where I am and hope to feel you, hope to feel something
be yours, oh, I will be yours for. 